You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The Therapy is a Christian podcast is all things mental health and Christ. We specifically talk about how mental health and God are merged together to foster growth, healing, and making mental health a normal conversation. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to the show. Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Therapy is a Christian podcast. I'm your host, Roz and Renee, and welcome to another episode of the show. Hi, everyone. I'm super excited about this week's episode as I am going to be talking about a topic that is near and dear to your girl's heart, relationships. Um, we are in a series called The Other Side of Therapy currently, and I'm not sure what part we are on because I recorded two episodes in that. So I will definitely know the parts once I upload the episode. But I wanted to kind of briefly, when I say briefly, relationships are such a huge topic and I believe that I could go on at agnosium about relationships if they're romantic, platonic, um, your girlfriend relationships, your family relationships, parent relationships between parents, aunts, cousins, people in general, work relationships, all those types of different things. Um, but I want to give a little bit of a briefing and a foundation um, as we talk about relationships, because I have learned so much about relationships in my time and going to therapy the last two years. I have started new relationships. I have broken off a lot of relationships and I have really had to understand what it means to be tied to someone in a way that I would essentially say like a soul tie, Um, not in a way that or, you know, I don't want to say soul tie because I know that there are people kind of categorize soul ties, quote unquote, and I don't want to misinterpret the term. But I do want to offer some insight into what I have learned um, throughout my time at therapy about relationships. So um, this episode is going to be entitled The Power of Accountability. Um, And so make sure you are, before we start, make sure you follow me on Instagram at Rosa Renee. Also, if you are not subscribed to my email list, please subscribe to my email list because now that I am um, releasing episodes on Thursdays, every week I send a Therapy Thursday email out to my current subscribers. And it's an email that I sent a short little blurb on like what I'm thinking, what I'm feeling, but I have sent recently like some really good emails and I love doing those because they're just super, super fun. Um, And it's a way, another extension of me to be able to talk about different things. So that link will be below. And if you have a couple extra minutes, make sure you subscribe and rate the podcast. That is a way for people to find me, but also it's also a way for me to kind of know that you enjoy the podcast. So I'm really excited this week, y'all. This has been a super 
restful last couple of weeks. Um, I had a break from fall break because I work in a school. So I got a whole week off and it was just super, super restful. Like, I don't think I realized how much I enjoyed resting and like not doing nothing, not going to work. But I mean, can we all just get paid and not have to go to work? I mean, I just wish that that could be all of our realities. But since it's not, um, I am going to be uh, actually soon in the next couple of days doing a time with God challenge, which I'm not going to go into a spill about. But if you follow my Instagram, you know about that. So let's get into it. So again, like I said, I believe that I have learned more about relationships in the last two years of going to therapy than I have in my whole life, girl. I mean, sis, let's talk about it because I just have been through so many different things within therapy and talking about all of my different relationships. Even recently, me and my therapist processed through kind of some thoughts I had about me as a friend And who I am as a friend and how I've put up a lot of boundaries with people and how I have felt guilty about that. But we can go to that spiel later because I have a note about it. But um, because this episode is entitled The Power of Accountability, I have really learned what it truly means to have accountability in your life in a way that's positive. And so I wanted to take the opposite of that and instead of be instead of really kind of talking about accountability in its own sense in general I really want to think about um, what is the purpose of accountability counsel people being in our lives all of that and why does God desire for us to have accountability so I have three scriptures that I'm going to come from And I want us to also think, I want y'all to think about this in a way of not only looking at it from the perspective of going to therapy, but also looking at the perspective of the substance of your relationships with people. Because I think when we talk about relationships, we don't really think about the substance of what we're getting from our friendships. Um, And I'm going to challenge that thought. Um, And I know that many people that may listen to this podcast may have not been to therapy and or probably taking the step to process some of those relationships. And so I know that I'm kind of talking from a sense on the other side again, like I've said, on the other side of therapy. But I really want you to think about like, what is it that you want from your relationships with people? And that could be individual relationships with your family, individual relationships with your friends, and really understanding like, accountability and people being in our lives hold some type of substance. And I don't think that we recognize that that substance, or when I say substance, like what value do these relationships bring to you? What do they take from you? And what do they give to you? And so why does God um, desire for us to have this accountability and have this means of counsel and people being in our lives to pour into us and so on and so forth? So Proverbs twelve fifteen says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where there is no guidance, people, a, a 
people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Without, and then Proverbs 15, 22 says, without counsel, plans fall, but with many advisors, many advisors, they succeed. And so not to rush this, but I think sometimes we have looked at people holding us accountable or people that provide substance to us as a means to hurt us or if somebody's providing wisdom or advice, we may hear it and be like, oh, that's good. But like really taking a heed to what they say, because by ourselves, we can be like it basically says the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But a wise man leads to advice. And I know for me, sis, listen, I be thinking sometimes I be right. But in all reality, though, I don't be that right all the time. It has taken me learning that I am in my own mind most of the time. And when I'm in my own mind, I don't really, I create these scenarios, sis. I be thinking thoughts that probably are not godly. Let's just be honest about people, about folks, I'd be ready to be like, look, I am so tired of people. And it isn't really until like, and I'm not even going to say it isn't right, but like there are thoughts that I have thought about as it relates when I was walking through forgiveness about with my father and my mom and friends that I've had to cut off, like walking through those processes. I had a lot real not nice thoughts. It really wasn't until I was in the space that my therapist and I had created where I felt comfortable to share what I was thinking that she was able to provide wisdom and guidance and counsel. Because at that point, I was no longer bound to my own way of thinking. I was then released out of what my mind could, what, what, what probably, you know, falsehood and or like, you know, just bad thinking my mind would create about situations and or people that probably weren't true. Like there were many times that I would think, you know, if I say this, what is this person going to say to me? Or if I do this, this person is going to be mad at me. And when I would tell her, she would like have this thought of like, well, what if that doesn't happen? But I would probably have stayed in my mind for years down the line, never having had the opportunity to share what I was thinking and feeling to get wisdom. And so I think that's what the Bible is talking about. It's like our way in our own eyes is right to us, but there is wisdom when someone lists, when someone listens to us and we listen back to them. And so like this other scripture says, where there is no guidance, people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there is safety. There is there is abundance and um, um, like when we think of the word abundance, I think of just like unlimited amounts of resources, like unlimited amounts of favor, unlimited amounts of something. So when I think of abundance, abundance of counselors, when there's abundance of wise, 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 wise people, wise people. There is safety. 
you're safe when you are able to look down a road and know where to go. Um, And so the opposite of that is this way that I feel like we have created, especially in this time frame called isolation. And isolation has a lot to do with hurt and pain. Um, I think isolation in my own thought process for myself, I used to isolate out of not wanting to be judged. And when I say isolation, it's like for me, if I explain my way of explaining isolation, I would close in. So I would shut down after something would happen. I would not really engage in something else or a conversation with someone, or I would just kind of be angry and would never open up about what I was feeling because I just felt like, what's the point of me doing this? Like, it's not going to, it's not going to benefit me any. And so what I found in going to therapy was that that isolation was created from childhood when I would try to explain myself or explain my feelings and it would just be a shutdown or nobody was so busy. Like if y'all think about the episode last week with Charm, when she was talking about rejection, like her mom wasn't necessarily saying like, I don't have time for you, but her actions showed like in being too busy or working multiple jobs that time with her daughter wasn't necessarily the priority. And so my isolation came a lot from just feeling like I had to fend for me. Like I just had to do and do for myself, which then created this feeling of like, why would I want somebody to hold me accountable? Why would I want somebody to pour into my life? And so, um, It created just a lot of disappointment. Like I just was constantly disappointed by people and it in turn made me not trust a lot of people. Um, And then on the other side of that, I think a lot of times with isolation, we have not as people in general, but I'm going to take a step further and say as black people, especially have not been taught the language of feelings. We don't know how to express express ourselves in words, we just automatically react. And I'm not saying that's for everybody because some people, they just haven't been been taught. But especially a lot of what I see with my kids that I work with, there is this reaction that they just go from zero to 100 instead of the middle, the middle grade ground where let me think through this to really react. And so the reaction could be immediately saying something or the reaction could be isolation. And so for your girl, it was isolation. And so I'm going to read a scripture in Proverbs 18 and one, which basically says, whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. So sis, let me like, let me like, cause that just hit me in reading. Let me like break this down. So, th- oh my God, I just, am, okay. So it's basically saying when you isolate yourself, you only are seeing what, what you want to see. You only want to 
be in your own in your own d- decisions. It says whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. You only want what you want. That you break out against all sound judgment. So like let me say it the way I'm thinking it. So like I can remember when there were times where and even now, like let me not try to act all bougie. Like even now there are times where it's like, I know God is like saying, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't need to do this. But I'd be like, Lord, listen, okay. I know, I get it. I understand what you're saying, but I really, in my heart of hearts, don't feel like I really want to do that. And so again, this is why accountability and why the title of this episode is literally the power of accountability, why isolation doesn't work for us, especially as believers. God didn't create us to be alone. And he didn't create us to have to make a lot of decisions on our own, which is why in there is, you know, power in numbers, there is um, the three, four cord is not easily broken. There is power in relationship with God. There is power in um, just having people on your side. But when it comes to isolation, you function in a space of pride because you're so firm on feet in the ground, firm on what you decide. That when somebody's trying to speak sound judge, sound counsel to you, sound judgment, you're like, I don't believe that what you're saying is true, or I don't believe what you're saying is right, or I don't trust you enough to be able to hear that, or why would I want to listen to you when you don't know me? Or so it becomes this thing where we put our feet in the ground and we stand firm on that, but in all reality, we're just functioning and functioning in pride when we isolate. We're not opening our hearts. Our hearts are hard. And so because accountability can hurt sometimes because, oh, yes, accountability hurts because it challenges our pride. And because we don't sometimes want our pride to be challenged, we just won't listen. And that's not necessarily what God wants. God wants us. Oh, yes, God. He wants us to function under a humble heart. And so I think that. Accountability takes humility. So as it as a means of as this relates to relationships, um, and I'm gonna link also this what I basically did to find these scriptures was typed in scriptures on um council, and then I did another Google search and I typed in scriptures on isolation. Um, and so I will link both of those links below so you can find these scriptures for your own reference and study. And so going to why accountability is important, it provides a certain level of wisdom and we need wisdom. Um, And just to even like take it a step further, I'm going to look up what the definition of wisdom is so that you can understand what I'm saying. But wisdom is the quality of having experience, knowledge, good judgment, and or the quality of being wise. And so I think that the reason why we need wisdom is because there are a lot of people in our lives that are experiencing, have or experience 
experience or want to provide some level of good judgment that is of substance to us. But many times when we're in pride or we're in isolation, we don't want to hear that. And so what I have learned, and I know that I'm, 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 I'm kind of going in a little bit, y'all. I didn't know, sis. I didn't know. I think that much of the time it's hard for us to not be in isolation because we haven't dealt with our mess. We haven't dealt with the stuff that has caused us to be prideful. We haven't dealt with the stuff that has caused us to be um, hard and quite frankly, unforgiving. If I want to just talk, if we're talking about the context of relationships. And so I think what is important is for us to understand that wisdom is a point of, it's almost like when you hear somebody say, or you're telling somebody a story and they're like, oh girl, I went through that. Oh girl, let me tell you about the time I went through that and how I overcame. There's wisdom and testimony. There's wisdom and experience. This is why God wants us to have accountability. This is why he doesn't call us to be alone. So if you're someone who really like doesn't trust people, wants to be alone, isolation causes a lot of depression. I will say just in a personal experience, isolation causes a lot of depression because it forces us to have to stay in our own heads. And quite frankly, when you are closed in and closed off, um, it's hard for people to support. It's hard for people to share insight. It's hard for people to comfort. They may not have the words to say all the time, but but people people provide comfort. Okay. So the next point into why accountability and why God desires us to have accountability is because Accountability also provides a certain level of intimacy, I think, and not intimacy in a, um, you know, like a romantic or sexual relationship or anything like that, but even intimacy as a means to say, girl, I got you. Like there's a certain level of love that I think people can provide you when they say like, girl, I got you. Like I got your back no matter what. I got you. I I I want to be here for you no matter what. When you lose a family member or you lose somebody close to you and people crowd around you to hold you and like comfort you, there's a certain level of intimacy. That's love in its physical state is intimacy. There's a means of why we need to be poured out into and loved on in an intimate way. Um, And then if you're taking a step further in a a romantic relationship, um, I'm talking to my married people, but like intimacy between a husband and wife is an act of worship. Like that is a gift that God has given a wife and a husband to be able to experience. Um, You know, I, I can go into the whole spiel about intimacy or whatever that's, you know, but at the same time, I'm saying it for the purpose of saying like, that is an act that actually um, binds two people together spiritually. And I'll be quite frank with y'all. Men need to have that as a, when they're married, like it's a requirement, like it's one of their needs 
as a married person, as a married man, they have to have that kind of intimacy in the physical sense is what I'm talking about. Okay. I ain't going to spill on that girl. Okay. So, um, so also, you know, less, I, you know, isolation causes us to have, you know, resentment and disappointment and we can hold grudges and we become bitter like we can get angry. like have you ever found when you be like in your own head and you ain't talked to your your friends in a long time how you be mad that they be happy and i'm using all incorrect gram- grammar here but like you're mad that they're happy and you're not you be like low key underlying mad And you don't know why there's so much power in talking about what you're feeling. There's so much power in talking about what you're going through. This is why I will say till I'm blue in the face. I'll say two things till I'm blue in the face. Every Christian under the sound of my voice needs to go to therapy. And then Every Christian under the sound of my voice needs to be, needs to spend time with God. Like, 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 like if we could get those things down packed, well, I don't want to say those things because there's probably a ton of other things that people need to get down packed. But those are like my two biggest messages. We have to deal with our stuff. There are patterns in our childhood that we may not even be fully aware of. We may suppress stuff and not even know how to feel. We could like literally, it's like I know that there are people who sometimes don't even know how to express emotions because they just suppress it. It's just, it becomes, an, uh, it becomes such an automatic reaction to suppress and forget that when stuff that requires a lot of feelings to come up, they don't know how to process it. They don't know how to be in that space. They may be in that space, but it's like fully present and being available emotionally. And so this is why counsel and accountability and there's there's so many things that you can learn from being accountable to somebody else. Like I have multiple accountability partners in different areas of my life, where as it relates to marriage, as it relates to goals, as it relates to um, love, like just like knowing how to be a friend Um of fitness accountability partners. I have accountability partners as it relates to work. Like just so many areas of my life that I'm held accountable for. And because of that, I'm better. Now I didn't used to be. Girl, like understand. I didn't trust people like that. And I thought that everybody just wanted to take, 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 take from me. So there was also a part of me that was like always thinking that somebody was out to get your girl. And it was partially because I just had a lot of unforgiveness that I never delved through. I never delved through what bothered me. And it was because I was afraid. And two, I also thought that talking about those things and bringing them up were going to make me weak. I thought that they were just going to always be ever present if I talked about it. Um, 
I was scared to expose really what I was going through and what I was feeling. Like even, okay, so I'll even provide a perfect example of accountability. So when me and my husband got married, let me tell y'all, okay, okay. I was the spender. I was the one that could manage, baby, I could make you a five-star budget. I could literally write out all of your bills the due dates, everything. I am good to the T on that. But baby, I will overspend, okay? I will know how much money coming in, but I will overspend all of it. So when he was like, we got to get on a budget and stick to it, I was like, oh, baby, understand. I got you, period, period. Baby, when he started looking at my account and what I spent money on, girl, I was always, every single month when we would sit down together, actually, because at one point we were sitting down together every week going over our budget, I never had edges. I was bowed by the edges all the time because he would snatch them off of me and be like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Rosalind? Like you are overspending everything. And I'm like, I needed to go to Sephora. What do you mean? I ran out of cleanser. He's like, so you spend $36 on cleanser? I'm like, yes. Okay, understand. If you want me to look real fine at 45, you got to let me buy this cleanser. And girl, when he like started to really get on me and like he took my credit cards and not even to like put our business out here like this, but this is real life. When he held me accountable to finances, it was as if somebody was stripping me from my freedom and I was not trying to go back. I, I, I mean, I was not trying to leave. I wanted to stay in my mess and keep doing what I was doing. But all the while, it was only reproducing the same result. And I would have literally like anxiety when we would sit down because I knew like I'd overspent or... I knew that I had a problem with it, but I had been doing it my way for so long that it never progressed me. I thought I knew, again, going back to that scripture, the way of a fool is right in their own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. It was hard and it was really overwhelming because I recognized that I I could no longer swipe my credit card and be like, oh, girl, I got that. I can pay that back. Oh, I can pay that back. Oh, I can pay that back. And over time, I have a balance and I'm not being responsible with money. I'm just literally thinking that I got it and I can pay it back. And all the while, I really don't. And so... Being accountable is being on a budget. Being accountable is sitting down with my husband every week going over our finances and what we spent. We would sit down every single week and write out every single transaction down to the penny. We would count it. But it paid off because now next month we have paid over. I mean, I don't really want to say how much we've we've paid, but we have paid thousands of dollars of debt debt off from holding each other accountable. There is progression in accountability. There is power in accountability. And so um, as it means, you know, 
Jesus died for the fact that sometimes we just really need to process what we're going through. Like, yes, Jesus died. He gave us salvation. But there is more. There's the thing called there's a step uh, behind salvation that's called sanctification. Whereas you are working on your salvation constantly to become holy, to become sanctified, to become a new being in God. You're already a new being spiritually, but having that be transferred into the physical sense is a whole nother thing, sis. It's a, the cross worked. Like if I can say that. And so there's power in being able to say how you feel. There's power in being able to process through your trauma. There's power in being able to know, like, have the awareness of how your childhood and or relationships impacted you up until now. So I'm going to kind of go into how this relates to um, certain types of relationships. So as it means to relate to friends, family, people we deal with, you know what I'm saying? Because folks... Folks, let let me say this. Not only will God bless you with accountability, he will use, again, accountability to, and or, let me just look on the other side of that, people to show you how you really don't have, you really got to have a certain level of grace with some things. Like, I didn't realize I thought I had it together when I had to walk through that forgiveness with people. Forgiveness is, I will say like forgiveness is not an overnight process. It's, I feel like, and this is me, I don't know if this is for people, so it's not, don't don't take what I'm saying law, but it took me time to, it wasn't a, oh Lord, I forgive them. It was like daily, sis, God, thank you for the forgiveness that I am literally having to experience right now in your son's name. Because I don't forgive right now, Lord. I I ain't got it in me, Jesus. You gonna have to help your girl. Period. Because. I would get real low-key mad at people. Now I'm okay with like some things brushing off. Sometimes I do get mad and I overthink and I get like, you know, I may think about it for a couple hours or something. But most days now, like I can pretty much kind of let things go. It, it just depends on the situation. But I also have created a lot of boundaries where it's like if certain things, if somebody's doing something, not saying I don't give grace to them, but I also don't look at whatever somebody's projecting or or something somebody has said. I don't sometimes I don't look at them as if I don't judge them. I look at them like I know that everybody may not be in the same mental space I'm at. That's okay. That doesn't mean I don't love them in the process. Um, that took two years of time. It probably will take a lifetime to learn because there's different levels for different things. But it it's just hard. Like, you also have to know, like, you can't change people. Like, you can't change anything about another person. That is God's child. 
even if they make you mad sometimes, like that's outside of your control. And so even for my people who are in therapy and nobody knows or your family doesn't know or your family doesn't understand or your friends don't understand, like that's not your responsibility to prove your healing to no one. It's not your responsibility to take on the opinions of what people have not walked through themselves. And it's not your responsibility to try to fix their mentality about what they have not experienced. Like, it's not your responsibility to do that. And it's not your responsibility to try to be for them who they want you to be. If truly in your heart, that's not who you want to be. Um, now again, it takes time to get to that perspective. I think it takes a lot of strength. It takes a lot of digging through things. It takes a lot of processing and processing. I mean, talking through with your therapist constantly over and over, almost all the time, sis, it takes prayer. I believe it takes fasting. Um, I fasted a whole lot last year when I was in therapy. This year has been, um, an interesting roller coaster. I have fasted a lot, but not probably as much as I did last year. I was like in a lifestyle of fasting, but I believe that there were a lot of things that God wanted to break off of me because of that. So, um, I just think we have to deal with, you know, our, with certain relationships, we have to work through the thought process that we cannot change people. Um, and we can't also, especially with it, as it comes to parents, because my mama is now she knows I talk about her, but you know, my mom is who she is. She's not a bad person and she's super understanding now, especially as I have grown to go to therapy and talk about it and how much it's changed me. But my mama is who she is. And there might be things that she does at 50. Let's see. She's in her fifties. Like, I can't have the expectation of my mama to always understand where I'm coming from. But I also don't let that impact our relationship to the point to where I just immediately get to a place where I'm unforgiving towards her. I just walk in grace. Like, if we don't agree, there's sometimes I don't engage or I just let it go or I just let my mama talk because I know she's going to talk to me and say whatever she want to say anyway. But I just let it go because I... I don't have to take on the responsibility of her, her way of doing things. Um, and even on a different scale, not as it relates to my mom, I don't have to take on the responsibility of nobody. But Rosalyn, period. And so, um, again, this goes back to a point of saying like, this takes a lot of prayer. This takes time. Um, Especially if you're at a place where you're trying to work to not change somebody. I think you have to remember that. And I had to go through this even as a married woman. Like, don't feel bad for um, the feeling of wanting to change somebody. That's out of you have maybe having insight that they don't have and you wanting to help them. But people aren't going to sometimes see things the way you see them. Um, a couple other things and then we'll close, but you also have to teach people how to treat you. Um, I'll probably do another episode on this in more detail of just like what boundaries are and like how to create them and how to not feel guilty for creating boundaries. I think that is still a hard thing for me 
it's gotten easier, but I think I was only able to learn the importance of boundaries and not feel bad about them when I was solid and secure in my own confidence. I told y'all, like at the beginning of this year, I'm walking out of this year, 2019 was my year of worthiness. And I feel so worthy of putting up a boundary. I feel so worthy enough to tell somebody no and be okay with it. Um, I feel so worthy enough to, if I have to end a relationship with someone, I do it because I have to protect my peace. Um, And again, this is the other side of therapy. This is the other side of those working throughs. It's not easy doing it. It hurts. It, It almost feels like somebody, like you're having to relearn life. But there's a healthier side to a lot of things that we have not been taught because we've been taught so many unhealthy um, patterns and and thought processes. Um, so these were my shifts in therapy um, as it relates to relationships. I might make a part two to this episode because I have a lot more that I want to talk about as it relates to what has shifted for me and what I have experienced in those relationship shifts, but I don't want this episode to be two hours. So I'll probably make a part two to this episode, delving more into what has shifted for me in those relationships um, and what I've learned. So again, thank you so much for listening Thank you for um, tuning in this week. I love you all so much. Make sure you subscribe to my email list, rate and rate and comment on the podcast, subscribe if you're not subscribed. And I love you. I'm always praying for you and I will talk to you soon. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.